We are locked in. We're in the eight. The four's still alive. Season 2018 is on for the Swannies. This is True Bloods, the number one Sydney Swans fan podcast. And today on the show, we'll be discussing our review of last Sunday's Come From Behind and final spot ceiling win over GWS. The preview of the next game, the last home and away season game, this Saturday night against the old rivals, the Hawks. And, of course, everything else, Sydney Swans as well. My name's Tom Flanagan, and I'm joined tonight in the Podular Media Studio, as always, by Ben Andrew. Pleasure to be here, Tommy. Madison Clark's still away, so once again, welcome still to the show. living the dream. He sure is, in New York. And Dave Baxter's here sitting in his seat once again. Tommy, pleasure to be back, mate. Good to have you back, Debs. Thanks, Good ben. to have you back. How are we, fellas? We're in. We're in, boys. What a win. What a win that was. Feeling really, really good about the season, how it's progressed, and we're coming good at that this time of year. Yeah, I'd certainly say it's been a, uh, an exciting couple of weeks for the Swannies. It's been, a, it's been a great couple of weeks. The right time of year to be coming into the yeah, serious nick that we're in right now. I c- yeah. couldn't believe how well it's all come together in the last three weeks. I- I'll admit, uh, after that Essendon game, I wrote us off I think I- I I- on this show. I- I've said it, and I've been called out on it this week. T- Tommy, are you a real true blood? You-, you wrote us off three weeks ago, and now we've come good. But who could have seen it coming? Um, but what they've done is just incredible. And how proud are we all of our club for... Just doing it again. They've done again. it again. I think that's the key thing, Tommy. We just find a way year in, year out. We just come good at the right time of year and we're we're really playing that footy that's going to be testing teams in September. It's interesting you say that people were uh, keeping you accountable this week, Tommy, because <laughs> I think also one of the things that we all said is that unfortunately we didn't really see us making the eight this year, but we knew that our best is right up there, if not the best, in the comp. And what we're seeing is led by our senior players, guys like Parker, Kennedy, Franklin, turning it on the last couple McVay. of weeks, McVeigh, Kieran Even Jack, Kieran back Jack. of the team. We could go, we could go on for, for, for days, Tommy, but um, at, the end of the, at the end of it, what we're seeing is our side's maturity uh, in the top end that's being able to cater and lead the way for those younger blokes to, to really just put on a bit of a show, if you will. I mean, you know, look at look at how McCartan's coming along these last couple of weeks. Oh, good, Tommy. I think there's sort of been a little bit of a, a switch from sort of the start of the year. I think our young players were going really well. You, you Will Haywoods. Um, Oflo. Oflo, exactly Bronx. right. They, they were the ones sort of getting us over the line. But now that the senior boys are coming coming back, Kennedy's in good form. Buddy's in good form, Luke Parker, and they're just getting the job done now. And it's showing um, in our last three weeks, big and, results. And when, when your experienced players are up and about and they're as good as ours are, you can outlast a talented side like the GWS Giants. And like Melbourne the week before, just there was a intensity that was brought to that second half by our, our team, that pressure, that hit that we brought to the contest that just made those two sides back off in the last two weeks. Well, Tommy, it wouldn't be the first time you've uh, commented on GWS when it gets to that stage in the game. But once again, we saw it. When we put the foot down, Deeps, they weren't there. They weren't, mate. And I think that's... They didn't have that extra gear. They didn't. And we, we definitely did. We were in hard. We were. I feel like we'll sort of... That mate, definitely got beaten in the first quarter, um, yep. sort of in the midfield battle. Shield got on top of us. Um, very, they, were, they were a lot cleaner. They were. And, they we, were a we, lot and once again, we were just fumbling, and I was like, oh, not this again. But we found a way to come good. Um, and yeah, that, that drive from the midfield, we, we got it done. Yeah, I think you need to acknowledge the fact that they had some personnel issues. Phil Davis goes off injured half. Yeah, Yeah. changing point in the game, no doubt. Yeah, absolutely. I think the point that I'm trying to make is that we were just harder when it came down to it, when the game was there to be won. And even when we were sort of three three goals down, three, four goals down, we were still the harder side. We We weren't going away. And I think that's where they lack that toughness, as you talk about, Tommy, to really put a game away when when they've got that 20-point lead and yet they can't rely on the skills and the silky silky players to just sort of an outside run to get the job done. Well, that's it. It got to a point where we'll, for majority of the start of the game, we were playing catch-up to try and get to the level that they were at. At a, at a point, probably early to midway through that third quarter, 
we overtook their intensity and then just powered on and seeing the boys just improve over the course of that second half and then by the end, that last 10 minutes, the floodgates completely opened and we were clearly the better side. No doubt about that, Tommy. I think sort of that last 10 minutes of the third when we really started to put that pressure on and we started to miss those chances, I was, well, are we going to rue these later? Because you, you saw at the Melbourne game, they didn't take the best of their opportunities. Um, when I think Kennedy missed a set shot, um, Parker was bursting through the middle, missed that one to the right. I was just getting a bit worried, are these going to come back and sort of and bite, bite, us. bite us on the ass? But um, we just kept that pressure up and the last 10 minutes of, of the last, unbelievable footy from the boys, mate. Oh, loved it. Absolutely loved it. And how about the way that Bud just started getting up and about, started getting real dangerous? Bud. Oh. And wasn't that just the catalyst? Oh, wasn't was. that just the catalyst? Because he, once again... Prove to the entire competition why he is worth every penny of what he gets because that's what he can do. He will literally turn a game on his own, off his own boot. Uh, I think some of the uh, external commentary around him, uh, around his performance uh, over the season and obviously over his career has been uh, step aside, duck. There's a new sheriff in town when it comes to uh, the greatest forward of all time. Well, he's a long way ahead of Duck on the all-time goal kickers table. And on the weekend, he moved into eighth place on that table. Overtaking Lee Matthews, he moves to 917 goals. There's not many ahead of him now. There's There's how many games that he missed? I think three or four games this this season. Yeah, Yeah, about that. Yeah, and now he sits third on the Coleman. He's pretty special, third. and yeah, Ben. It's Bra- an amazing. He can effort. still win it. Ben Brown slowing down. He has been for the last five or six weeks. Yeah. Well, that will Jump that will rely on him getting on the park, though, Tommy. Correct. Something Correct. to touch on a little later yep. in the uh, in the pot. I think preview for another big game this weekend. Um, yeah, just brilliant. The last three weeks, none of us expected it to beat Collingwood, to beat Melbourne, to beat GWS, to go in this Saturday night with an opportunity to beat the Hawks get into the top four, and then potentially play Richmond coming in in red-hot form against them on a Friday night for the first qualifying final. What what a result from where we were. Uh, yeah, I think to make top four from where we were is just a, an outstanding result for the side. That's, I think that's uh, full the last of, Full thing. of pride. But at the end of the day, uh, and I've spoken to you both about this, I think we also need to maintain uh, some expectations on the side. Yes, we're playing extremely well, uh, but we want to make sure that as we move into September that our youth aren't exposed. Because if you think back to 2014, which we don't often enjoy doing, Debs. Definitely not, mate. Uh, you look at that day and it was your first-year players, your Jake Lloyds, your Harry Cunninghams. They just got belted from pillar to post early on and it... We've got to be mindful of of something of a similar nature happening again. Yeah, but at the same time, you have to look at the form that we're in and the contributions that we're getting from our senior players. You look at the rest of the competition and go, who's going to be the challenger to Richmond at the moment? The most informed side that has the chance of playing off against Richmond early in the finals and knocking them off, giving like causing an upset. It's us. Absolutely, and I still stand by, uh, even though I was uh, checked on it once or twice on the uh, on the True Bloods page, Deeps. <laughs> we uh, tend to notice these kinds of criticisms. Um, I was checked on it, saying that I would love to go to the MCG week one and take a free swing at Richmond. Yeah, oh. would love would love that chance. That's, Imagine, the, be- that's the best. Our result. side, our side, with you know no holds barred and just having a go. Um, with the with the with the second chance in the back pocket would be fantastic, and I stand by that. What I mentioned earlier, I just I'm also remaining cautiously optimistic, Debs, about uh, about our list, trying to maintain a uh, a realistic a realistic view of where we're at. Absolutely, boys. Just want to jump back to the game on the weekend. I thought. Oh, please do. I thought. Rampy's effort on Cameron, Cameron was yep. massive. Well, Cameron was on fire in that first quarter, and he yeah. was. He was looking lively. I think he did roll his ankle in the in the warm up there, but um, didn't show any signs of that. And I think Rams Not in the first just, quarter. Rams just dominated him basically. He hurt him offensively as well, and just one on one. I don't think there's a better defender in the comp. Pretty much. Yep, mate. Jeremy Cameron added to the list. That's it. Added to the list of blokes that, that Dane Rampy has gone after and. Once again, just done his done his te- done the team thing, done his job, and oh so much more. 
Absolutely. I think uh, just the... That's why he's um, my man, Debs. That's it, mate. It's why he's my Your man. man. Just the, the continuity of our back six is unbelievable. With um, Lloyd. You've got Jakey Lloyd. You've got Alir Alir. And just that contrast. And may have my man, uh, Reg, back in the team this week. That'd be um, nice. It would be. Wouldn't mind that. That's it. Especially, especially that. to sort Sit of... him on Roughhead. It'd be nice to get a game into him if we did happen to win this week and sort of come up against Richmond. Um, be nice to have him going on Jack Revolt. Um, but yeah, that just the back six has been the catalyst this year, I feel, for us. They've just... With the, conceding as many inside fifties as we do, um, I just find that back six just find a way. Yeah, to, no, it's absolutely. As rock solid as it absolutely. Gets. Tommy, I mean, how how can you expect six blokes to absorb that kind of pressure week in week out and put up the efforts that they have and put up the results that they have? Like it's well, just no other no other side does it, but we do it. It's been it was just it was simply outstanding this season uh, from the back six. And no matter what we've said over the course of the season about our form, about the coach, we have remained true to one thing, and that's the fact that our back six have had their best year uh, on the park. And realistically, your catalysts for those are Dane, Reg, uh, Smooch, and Lloyd. And the year in the back part of the season. Coming into the back part of the season. But in terms of the guys that we talk about week in, week out, they're the the three to four that we've... uh, that have been there all 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 year and have done their job better than anyone could have possibly asked. And the role players that have come in and done bits and pieces in yep. the back half of the Harry Marsh, too. Marshy, yep, Harry Marsh, Foxy, Foxy, absolutely, yep, Macca, Macca's been, oh, Macca. been unbelievable. Well, he's been defensive mid for for a bit, but he has played back too as he always does. Yeah, but just the composure, he's part of it. Composure off half back with Macca, it can just never be underrated. Um, just that little 40, 45 short kick, just the extra second that he takes to hit that target, it gets us going and it sort of, it can release the blokes like Zach Jones off half back and it's, oh, it's exciting. And we talked about being adaptable and manoeuvrable throughout the year and how we weren't seeing it and that was frustrating us last week, had to... Uh, do a few things on the go, moving Heaney to the back when uh, AJ and Smooch came out um, injured. We've seen a lot more of those sort of tactics happening in the last few weeks. There's been a few more moves that have just uh, sparked up the eyes. He's uh, he's been a little dynamic lately, old horse, hasn't he, Dave? We've got some options down there, and I think that's... Well, we always have, and this yeah. is what this is part yep. of where the frustration has come from. But now we're starting to see. Saw Alia go forward against. North. We're just seeing the changes now. We're seeing them, and we've seen them work as well. I yeah, mean, that's the big thing. Yeah. So I feel like if we do get tested in the game now, Horsey's going to try something. We've got that plan B up our sleeves, and can definitely make some impact. That's for sure. Well, like I said to you, Tommy, back in the Essendon podcast, I said now the media is cluing in to the fact that Horse is is very one-dimensional and doesn't adapt and I think it's kind of forced to force the hand as such it will it would be frustrating for horse and the coaching staff to be hearing that sort of feedback on on the regular mm. Um, mm. I'm sure I'm sure they've thought about it a couple of times and I guess they've addressed it something that you have checked me on uh, once as well Tommy which I think should absolutely be mentioned is the fact that we also have an extremely young coaching staff yeah you know you look at first year like, coaches Kirky, Stevie J, Dean Cox, Shory. you know, Shorey. It's a it's a very young coach's box and there is probably some merit in the discussion that Horse has to obviously being the head coach and that's his job, has to shoulder a lot of the load. Yep. Yeah, because we're not going to whack first-year coaches. No. Um, uh, yeah, well no one's sitting here asking for Kirky's head, are they? Exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but well done, well done, horse. What he's done in the second half of well, not, not the last couple the last, of weeks. The last four, four weeks has just been. Yeah. Well, think about we we sat here a couple of weeks ago, Tommy, and we said, well, at this rate, no, he's not the person to take our club forward, and it was hard to say that. We didn't enjoy it, but uh, he obviously tunes in to the two bloods, <laughs> and uh, he's taken that feedback on board. And uh, I mean, look at the results we're seeing. Well, yeah. The change has just been evident. The proof is in the pudding. Just, it I is. Think it, it started, results, results speak for themselves. It, yep. it started against Kangaroos when Aaliyah went forward, kicked that goal. That was the, the big change that yeah, he doesn't normally play back, sorry, play forward. And he, he kicked that goal just shows that where he's thinking, he's trying to change the game when it needs to be changed. And, and not just that, when the push has come to shove, the hit, the pressure has gone to an incredibly different 
higher level than it was three weeks ago. Yeah. And that's reflected in the statistic. Black and white. That's reflected in the stat that in the last three weeks, we are number one for tackles in the comp compared, compared to the early part of the year where we were 13th. We're plus 14 in tackles to opposition in the last three weeks. That's That's been a massive... Tommy, massive change because we, we were soft serve against Essendon. It speaks to what I said earlier. It's that we all knew we were frustrated because we all know that that's the side that we can be. Yeah. And now we're getting it. Now we're, we're now at that we're point. Now we're getting it. And we're gee, aren't it. we up and about about oh, it, boys? Absolutely. <laughs> and so we bloody should be. Absolutely. So we bloody well should be, Debs. Oh, to think we if we win this week against Hawks, we're, we've got the double chance and... It's a free shot at Richmond. Free but swing. All, free swing. We do have to Trent take Cotchen, it back that peg. But, uh, Trent Cochin, hands behind his back, chin out. Oh, free swing. Absolutely. Oh. Well, let, let's have a look at what could happen. Where to from here? Uh, what can we do? Oh, Tommy, you got the old ladder predictor out, well, don't well, we? Yeah, I've been Ooh, having a look at a couple of little things. If we win against the Hawks, we'll likely play Richmond at the MCG in the first qualifying final on the Friday night. That's the best result ever. You get a free whack at Richmond, as we've said a couple of times. Uh, if we win that, it's a home prelim against whoever goes the long way. That's you know a few weeks down the track to start thinking about that and getting ourselves simmer, that far simmer, ahead. Simmer, simmer, settle down, simmer. settle down, Tommy. If we lose to Richmond in that uh, first final, it's going to be home semi against probably Melbourne or Geelong, um, which could be very interesting. If we lost to the Hawks this weekend, we'll finish sixth and play a home elimination final, likely to be against GWS. So, few different uh, few scenarios. Parts. Yeah, the uh, the immediate rematch. Obviously, ideally, we'd like um, obviously to win this week and versus Richmond. But um, if we get, did get GWS again, chance. Uh, yeah, absolutely, Benny. Um, but yeah, if we do get GWS again, we know we've got their measure. But beating them twice this year, the boys would be confident, and I think that would play into our hands as well. Yeah, for sure. I echo those thoughts. I, I've said on multiple occasions this year that I would love to take a swing at Richmond at the G, uh, especially a free swing at that, uh, with the second chance. I would be more inclined to go up against um, the Giants at Spotless again, given that we've toppled them twice this year. Uh, and the Cats, or better yet, Chris Scott, has had our measure on realistically on both occasions. But we uh, we had a bit more grit in that fourth quarter, thanks to some superhuman efforts down at the Cattery, our home away from home, by one Chieftain and Cal Sinclair. JPK. JPK. You cut me off. I was getting to that. <laughs> I was going to do this whole partner in crime thing, but you, you cut me off too sorry, soon, sorry, Tommy. Sorry, um, Where do you sit, Tommy? Yeah, oh, well, ideally, you love the free whack at Richmond. Um, that'd be just beautiful coming in in full momentum. If we can knock off the Hawks, we've won four in a row against really good sides. We go into Richmond, probably one of the only sides who can knock them off. Love to see it. Speaking of going into things, how about we jump into the votes? Go into the votes, yeah. Why not? Well, there were some superstars on the weekend, round 22 against GWS, so the one vote. Who got that, boys? Doobs. You got the one vote? I do. We've got... Uh... One vote to Jakey Lloyd. Lloyd. Two first names. Lloyd. 30 disposals, 76% efficiency, nine marks, three tackles, and six score involvement. Pretty quiet game from Lloydy. Pretty quiet <laughs> by his uh, by his standards. I'm sure he'll be uh, sure he'll be disappointed with it. Two votes to your man, the big chief. Take us through it, Tommy. Oh, Come wasn't on. he? Wasn't he great? No, uh, always is. Thirteen disposals, eight contested, four marks, three contested, three three contested marks. Pretty good. Uh, three tackles, four clearances, two direct goal assists, and thirty-four hitouts. If you don't mind, big Cal, just all heart and soul, and uh, one of the, one of those leaders we mentioned about that just dominated in that second half. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we've been singing his praises all year. It's funny you should mention those um, those contested marks. Do you, do, you happen to know, do you happen to know what his personal best is? Oh, his personal best might be eight, and that's in the top ten of all time. All time, Deeds. This is in an AFL game. In an AFL game. Yeah, yeah round 17, 2017 against St Kilda at the SCG. Also having to pick up a bag that day. <laughs> he did. He absolutely chopped St Kilda. Did he get the three brown uh, he Oh, yes, I believe he did. He did. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, 100%. Five, five, uh, five goals, eight contested marks, and three brown low votes for the Chief, but that yeah, was a while Chief. ago. Yeah. Boys, I'm going to eat my humble, my, uh, my humble pie here. Who have we got for three, Benny? Three votes. Another man with two first names. He's back. like myself. He's back. <laughs> He's back in a big way. Kieran Jack just loves playing against GWS. Three-time Brett Kirk medalist. There is just something about him uh, in these games. Now... 
I said earlier in the year, Dave's you'd know as a uh, as a passionate uh, True pa- Bloods part pod of the listener. faithful boys, part yeah, of the faithful, uh, yeah, founding founding member. I called for Jack to be dropped because I just he wasn't up to it, and as far as I was concerned, that that was the end for Kieran Jack. But he just wound back the clock, didn't he? I think it, it's been evident all year. He just hasn't been right. Yeah, hasn't. And, uh, yeah, he's been so far off the pace. And I think it was the same with Hanabry during the year as well. And the sluggish, labouring through games, just yeah. getting getting through. But it was evident from the first quarter. He did fresh, that sort of. Pirouette, he was fresh, so fresh. He's burst out of the packs, but like he explosive, he, wasn't he? It was sharp too, and he it was accurate. He, he burst out of the pack, kicked that goal, got the boys going, and then that final goal in the. With about five minutes to go, wheeled round onto the left from the boundary. That was an amazing goal, wasn't it? Absolute class. I mean, it was Nothing just a, class. you know what? It was it was the Kieran Jack of old. It was 22, 20, 22, 22 touches, uh, twelve contested, three marks, seven score involvements, which is exactly what you want from a mid forward. And uh, and his two sausage rolls. It looked like two thousand and ten Kieran Jack. The other it was day. it was awesome. It was honestly Fresh awesome. And I couldn't I let the record show. I could not be happier. Could not be happier with how he played. Welcome back, Kieran. Well done, mate. Four votes for us, Deeps. We do. We've got uh, one Buddy Franklin. Oh, stiff to not get the five. Very Tell you stiff. what, very, very he stiff. Was just, he was just absolutely dominant from when uh, Phil Davis went down. He, he was pretty pretty close to the best on. Obviously, we'll find out who's got the five. But, well, I, um, think, I think a few of the True Bloods faithful will be able to put it uh, I think they already know. one on one together. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, great game from Bud. Big um, Bud. He's just... He's a champion. He's been He's the goat. Absolutely great the last three weeks. Been really good. 16-odd goals, I think. Um, being compared to the Duck this week, I think he's surpassed him. I think he, he ticked off uh, he Lee Matthews. He surpassed the, the Duck. Uh, yeah, as we absolutely. mentioned on the all-time goal list, and I think he's got Lloydie in front of him about nine away or so. So he's definitely uh, chalking his way up. And you look, at, you look at how the game has changed in the time that he's been playing. Because there were there was still a, a waiting towards lead up forwards, but he's been the catalyst for that player that that really turns a game on its head in terms of a forward because he's just so dynamic that he can't be stopped. And he's the catalyst for our revival. I mean, we need every every other piece that's come but together is, to come is, together. But without his thirteen goals in the last three weeks, we don't win all three of these games. No, hundred percent, exactly right, Tommy. Exactly right. And the thing is that you, you see him kicking these goals from outside fifty, and we know it. We see him line up, and we go, yeah. This is just about. This is saves the house. Bread and butter. This is this is where he wants to be. He wants the pressure on him. He wants to be lining up from outside fifty. He wants to be wheeling onto his left. He does, and even that one where he sort of, I think he ducked Nick Taines inside him, brushed him off, kicked yeah. that one on the left when we sort of needed it in that first quarter. Well, hold on, beat out Phil Davis one on one, exactly, and then brushed Nick Haynes aside as though he was a first gamer. Absolutely, he's just. He's unbelievable. That's the only way I can put it, boys. Unbelievable. And, there yeah. was a uh, there was a point where the runner came out to him, um, and he was on Finlayson, and he kind of just turned the runner around and said, "There's no way I'm going back to the bench. Look who I'm look who I'm <laughs> one out on. You are kidding if you're taking me off the ground." It was fantastic to see, and that they're the sort of things that you get from Bud when he's when he's on, and he wants to be on the he wants to be on the park. He wants to be. The big, he wants to, he's the big time player, and he does. He's those, the goat. Those, those selfless things you're talking about, the lowering the eyes, looking in board, the one where he set up Parker right at the end. Oh, for, oh that was fantastic. To, he could he could have gone bang, but he just waited, 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 waited. He was in a position where Buddy can kick a goal from. He's at 55 out. That's well within his range. But it's funny you should choose team that, effort that particular play, Tommy, because you mentioned a man who I reckon took home the five. Lukey Parker, the Bob Skilton medalist from last year, coming into some serious form at the right time of the year for us. Great to see him at his best. Oh, and at his best is one thing, but this is just what we're coming to expect, isn't it, Debs? It is. He's just that player that's capable. He's, he can get those 30 touches and hit the scoreboard. He's capable. There's of nothing I love more. Thir- scoreboard thir- impact. That 30 and 3 come finals time. That wins your finals, that type of stuff. So. Absolutely, it does. Absolutely, it does. And who's the bloke that lines up next to him and does the same thing? JPK. Like, amazing. Very stiff but, to not uh, get a vote for what it's worth. Oh, JPK. extremely stiff. And, you know, so was Rampy. So was Aaliyah. So was Jones. So was Hewitt. Hewitt had another great game. Mate, Always Hewitt, does. Hewitt hasn't, play, hasn't even played 100 games. He's, he'd be up to about 60, 
60-65 by now. He's one of the most underrated players in the comp, George. Right. Definitely, and... um, yeah, George definitely nulled um, Shields' influence in that sort of third and fourth quarter as well. Definitely had the better of us in that uh, first half. We, yeah, um, we needed think, that. And that, that was huge from George. Yeah, massive, massive. Florent, Cunningham, Newman, all very stiff. But the man of the hour, Lukey Parker. Luke 30, Parker. 33 touches, 15 contested, seven marks, five tackles. Just tough, isn't he? Nine clearances, five inside 50s, eight score involvements, and two goals. Pure class from the man, Debs. Pure yeah. class. He's very impressive, Benny. Very impressive. One of a kind. Warrior, bull, combative man, Lukey Parker, and he uh, led from the front on Saturday night. We love seeing that. More of that, Lukey, for the next couple of weeks. That'd be great. Five votes for Luke Parker. Throw um, us to the uh, the leaderboard, well, Tommy. Isaac Haney didn't register a vote, but he's still a long way in front. 44 votes. He leads Lance Franklin on 32nd. Lukey Parker and Josh Kennedy in equal third. One vote behind Bud on 36. 10 votes away to Alir in fifth place on 26 votes and then Sinclair on 25 and then a whole host of others. Um, plenty uh, getting votes. Kieran Jack for his first votes of the year. Well done, Kieran. Well earned. So that's it. Haney's still in front. Not much has changed at the top of the leaderboard, but there's plenty going on between second, third, fourth and whatnot. All right, let's uh, go to our first break here on True Bloods and after this we'll be back with a little bit more. You're listening to True Blood, the number one independent Sydney Swans fan podcast. Welcome back to True Bloods. Now in the second segment every week, we like to do a little bit of social interaction and we like to ask a bit of a social question. Today's social question was, is Buddy Franklin the greatest forward of all time? We had a few responses on this one because there's obviously a few contenders for that illustrious uh, position. And uh, Josh Maher had something to say, didn't he, Debs? He did, mate. Uh, I went with this because I definitely do agree with what he's saying. Um, for this era, yes, of all time, no, but could he be? For sure. He's definitely got that potential to uh, be the best that we've seen. Yeah, he's still got a few years left. Yep, so why yeah, not? Yeah, Neville, Neville Newbury makes, uh, makes a very similar point and says, I reckon if he wins a flag with us and ends up kicking a 1,000 goals, he deserves to go down as the greatest of all time. Yep. I don't pin a flag to Buddy's contract, personally. Uh, Obviously, I would absolutely agree with that. But, I mean, I've commented on many occasions, I think that he is the GOAT, just based on the fact that you think about what Gary Ablett says about his old man, and that at the time, he could do things on a footy field that no one else could do. Well, think about where the game is now and how how much harder it is. That's a that's a really good comparison to uh, Gary Ablett for sure. That's that's what Buddy does. He does he d- things that no one no one else, else can, can do. do. No one else can do. Yep, Tommy, Tommy uh, who have you got as your uh, social? So Tony Wirtz popped up and said a chunky little guy named Bob Pratt and another chunky not so little guy called Plugger would have something to say about that, and that's just red and white. Hudson, Coleman, Coventry, and many others that have gone before all deserve the respect their records demand. Buddy is great to watch. And cheer on, but let's not get too carried away. In some respects, I agree with that. In some respects, I disagree because I feel that Buddy is the unequivocal greatest forward that's ever been in Australian rules. He's There's no athlete quite like him. There's no bloke who can knock him home from 85 metres out just on the fly. There's no bloke who can train 20 minutes for the year and still be the best player in the competition. So. Still be still be three off the pace in the uh, in the Coleman. In the Coleman, exactly yeah, right. Absolutely. Miss, missing games, he's hampered, but he's still the best player going. Well, here's a, here's a quick one for the two of you. I'm going to catch you both off guard here. At the at the end of his career, do you name an award after him? For example, I mean, I'm not saying take the Coleman off Coleman, but. Do you give him some kind of forwards award? Well, I think he's still got to pass a few people to get that type. Of, of course, this is this is also this is down the track. This is obviously not Walls. He's yeah. playing uh, a player yeah. on a, on an AFL list. Definitely, still a bit to go. But look, the potential for that to happen definitely there, Benny. Yeah, for sure. Whether yeah. it's an award or a statue at the front of the MCG, I'm not sure, but it's something. I'd, I'd take a statue 
Absolutely. Oregon statues, uh, is, is fantastic. Uh, as always, we appreciate the, uh, the, the input of the True Blood faithful. Tommy? Yeah, thanks, True Blood's faithful for, for getting in your answers for is Bud the goat? We think he is. Some people will disagree, but, but we love him. Um, now let's, uh, get a little bit obscure. Absolutely. A bit obscure. Absolutely. I've got a nice easy one for you boys. So don't, don't stress True Bloods. So we should be wrapped hold up it, here. Hold out there, Tommy. I'll, I'll have a crack. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I reckon we just, well, yeah, I've been pushing for this, this sort of format for the segment. And then you sort of open it up as though you're phoning a friend. Uh, <laughs> I like that. Oh, like you might have a you know an extra hint for me or something like that. Always appreciated, Tommy. Mate, I'll throw them in. Just ask. Rightio. Debs. Yes, Benny. The obscure swan in question attended Wirrunda High School and played his junior football for Port Norlunga. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Where's that, Benny? South Australia. A tall forward drafted by the Sydney Swans with the fourth overall selection in the 1998 AFL draft from the Sandfall Club, South Adelaide. Was unable to make his AFL debut until 2000 due to a shoulder injury. This man's not that obscure. He's... I told you it was an easy one. You stitched me up here now. (laughs) (laughs) On debut, kicked five goals and looked set for a big career. (laughs) Well, you know what? We're going to go through it anyway. Hold on, hold on. (laughs) Uh, At the start of 2001, injured his knee, requiring a reconstruction that resulted in him missing the entire season. And in 2002, was was traded to the Adelaide Crows. True Bloods, I hope you're playing along at home. Only played eight games for the Crows before retiring from AFL due to another ACL injury that required a reconstruction. Give you a moment at home, True Bloods, if you're playing along. Dave, it's over to you, mate. I think we've got one Ryan Fitzy Fitzgerald. Fitzy! Yes. You got me, you got me. Mate, you had me too. I was like, oh, oh, oh what? Oh, what? <laughs> well, I've got to try and keep you boys on your toes. I told you to be an easy one. <laughs> I told you to be an easy one. Well, I thought and I was in strife there. For he's me. not so obscure these days, no. but during his playing career, he, he was. Normally, normally as he effectively was. Normally, the trail falls pretty flat after the playing career with Fitzy going for hours. Yeah, you go, yeah. That's, bit of Big put Brother. It, it's, put bit it of Fitzy way. and Whipper. It's a dense Wikipedia page. <laughs> he was recently on um, Bob. Yeah, that, Bob. Yeah, Bob Murphy's doing good on, show. Yeah, it was. It was a really good insight to sort of what he did with his career, and obviously starting off with a bang with five goals on debut. Sky's the limit, but um, sort of only went downhill from there, unfortunately for Fitzy. Yeah. Well, in any case, yeah. is the obscure swan? I think I'm, that's one for one, Benny. I'm happy with that. Nah, nice, nice, Steve. Hundred percent. We rate that. Hundred percent. All right, let's go another another break after that. Hundred uh, percent. Rather short second segment, usually a bit longer than that, but uh, anyway, let's move on to the third. You're listening to True Bloods, the number one independent Sydney Swans fan podcast. Welcome back to True Bloods. Now, round 23, the last round of the home and away season is finally here. We've got finals next week, but before that, it's a massive game, an old grudge big, match. Big game, Tommy. It's huge. Hate this mob. Absolutely hate them. Let's smash them. Tell you what, I reckon Benny Ronk's going to be sleeping well this week. How, how many did he kick last time, Benny? Oh, just a lazy what? Seven? Seven. I seven. am pretty sure it was seven. Very confident on that. But, um, kicked do it first, again. Kicked our first four. Do it again. All in, in play. Gee, he burst onto the scene in a big way in his third game, didn't he? He did, and I think that was without one Lance Franklin. Wasn't there? There is the potential for that this week. Um, so we know we're capable of winning without Lance, and uh, that's nothing but another positive for us, boys. Well, just on that, there's a uh, bit of an injury update that we saw on the Swans website today. Let's have a listen to what the, uh, the docs say about Bud's injury. Yeah, Bud was a little bit sore at the end of the game, like like a lot of the boys are, and uh, we've got to give them a couple of days just to recover. Mother Nature's pretty good like that. We we build up towards training, and if if they can train at the end of the week, 
um, but included, then they'll make a strong case to play. So, Big Bud, chance to play. Hopefully he does. If he doesn't, uh, well, Ronks will kick seven like last time. Yeah, well, he's hoping. He's hoping. Debs, you were actually the one that alerted me to it. You were, uh, you were all over it, actually. You uh, mentioned that you noticed him... Head to the bench late in the game. You notice him sort of just tweak something in, the four, in a contest. And... It was a bit concerning, Benny. I just sort of flicked to him quickly. I was having a few uh, frosties down at the Frankston RSL with a mate. And um, I was very happy. It's a beautiful, by... beautiful part of the world, it was. Frankston I was, RSL. I was having a great time down there. The Swannies have had a good win. And then I've seen Bud on the bench talking to the physio, sort of reaching for the groin, just looked sore when he walked out, didn't look good. But... Um, I think it's been blown up a fair bit in the media this week, though. Absolutely. I, I don't think it is as bad as everyone thinks. Um, but it wouldn't be the worst thing if, if we did give him the week off, you sort of, then we've got the bye, and then whoever we play in our first final. It's the best part of three weeks, so it is a chance to give him a good rest. And that goes for sort of any of our sore players. But at the same time, it's such a must win game, this one, to give us the double chance. Yeah, absolutely. Completely agree with everything that, uh, that you've said there, Dapes. So, if Franklin comes out, Tommy, who comes in? Oh, it could be Dawson, who played well uh, against the D's. Towers, who was laid handy. Out, laid out on the weekend? Laid out. Yeah, was, laid exactly out. Right. I, I, think it, I think it has to be Dawson. Uh, I mean, yeah. y- you talk to Grundy, absolutely. That's uh, that's definitely, well, but I, I'm if probably he's available. open. If he's available, but I don't think that's actually a straight swap. I think you engage someone else. You don't, to, reckon, you, don't reckon you play Reg Ford? No, I don't. No, no I don't. No, we, we did see it for, what, 10 minutes against North. North, yeah. Went up, clunked one, kicked one. Kicked one. There's that potential. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think he'll play back. Yeah, yeah. I'd want him he, I'd want back. him back. Would you prefer Dawson as that forward as opposed to Reg? Well, I would prefer Dawson from an offensive capability side of things. I really like his, his, his run and dash, and I love that he's you know big, big kick of the footy. No, nothing. No, no, no. I, I, no, I fully agree. Love Dawson. Absolutely love yeah. it. I'm, I'm just sort of working out where Reg fits in. Is it Fox comes out if Reg comes I think, back in? I think it has to be. Yeah, I think it has to be. Is and it too late to sort of be playing with team dynamic? Um, yeah. It nearly is, but I, I would love to see Darcy Cameron and be able to give Chief a chop out. Like he, well, we've been calling for that all year. Yeah. yeah. Just as, you know, as, as you know, as you know, as a uh, as a continual listener. That's it. Um, but yeah, I think it's sort of our, our team. They they pick the time when we we're, we're going to play our players, and obviously he's just sort of still got a bit of work to do in the NEFL. The Hawks coming into it just a little bit off. They weren't at their absolute best last week against the Saints, but they did enough. Held them accountable, the Saints, didn't they? They did. They did. Really held them accountable. It was a. Did you? Did either of you actually watch the game? Oh, saw a, saw a little bit of the last quarter. Caught the caught the highlights package. No, the while it was on the game next to us, sort of. Ah, of while, course, of course. While we're tipping a few in, so I wasn't paying. There, the uh, there are a few of the luxuries you uh, you're afforded at uh, the Frank Sinara. So. It is a great establishment down there. So, yeah, it's um, cracking. It's cracking. It's very good, but um. I reckon they, they did look a bit average. Sort of Gunston is the man on he's fire for good them at the moment. Ramps go to him. Yep, definitely. But he's yeah, he's been hitting the scoreboard. Um but he's, definitely he's... got to nullify his influence. And the question is, do you tag Tom Mitchell or Isaac Smith? Um I think it's the proof's in the pudding with um you sort of you nullify that outside run that Smith has. Um and M- Mitchell can go and have his forty and we, we've got our contested beast in there too, so I think it's going to be a 50-50 well, grudge match in there. What what I would put to you here... Sorry to cut you off there, Tommy. Go for it, man. I can see you drawing breath. <laughs> uh, Jager O'Meara is in some of the best form he's been in in recent years, and is he's kind of got that, uh, that spring in his step back. He's pretty quick off the mark and quite agile at the moment, and I think... Well, bringing Warple into the side, this young kid Warple, they call him the Warpedo. He's meant that uh, guys like Smith and O'Meara haven't had to be in inside in the middle as much. Warple's doing a lot of grunt work alongside Tommy Mitchell Getting in the middle. Getting his fair share of pill as well, yeah. I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. he is. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that O'Meara probably, it, like at the moment, I'd, I'd even consider sending a shutdown role to O'Meara because at the end of the day, you put George on O'Meara because Mitchell is going to get his 
30, 35 handballs, regardless of who you put on him. You know, like that's just part and parcel. And I'd rather have a bloke getting it on the inside and there being immediate pressure on him based on the fact that Luke Parker's there, that Kennedy's right there contesting the same pill. Uh, and and nullify that outside run, as you said, Dave, of, of, of O'Meara and, um, and Smith. I, I think Smith's probably just more important to lock down because he can really yeah, break yeah. you open in a space of 15 minutes of, with his power running. Um, He's had a great year, Smith. O'Meara can, can too, but I'd ideally send our most important run with to Smith if it was me, but they're both good players. Um, the... Sinkers has another big one this week. McAvoy's back in, but I think he's just a little bit underdone. He's not quite 100% because Pitnet played last week. Um, so they played two Ruckman, and McAvoy had limited time in the Ruck. But I guess that's a, it's a preparation and lead-up for the big games that are coming, one of which is the one that we're talking about right now. And hopefully Sinkers can uh, can touch him up. But if if not, then it's going to have to be a mighty effort from the midfield. Absolutely, Tommy. Um our midfield's been really, really good the last month. And if we can just get those guys winning that hard pill, JPK doing what he does, Lukey Parker Pass. pushing forward, hitting the scoreboard. Those, As we say every week, those midfielders that can hit the scoreboard, they'll hurt any team. So, Kieran, Kieran and Hannes as well. It's the X well. factor, mate. It's the X factor. Hannes was a little down last yeah, week. Yeah, he was. Um, so it's a bit disappointing he couldn't string two together. But hopefully he's still he's moving all right and like Jack did last week, just be able to impact the game. I've uh, I've tapped a few of my closest sources on the shoulder when it comes to Dan Hannabury and whether or not he'll be moving home. And I'm getting pretty honest feedback that they're genuinely not sure as to where he stands, as to whether or not he will, in fact, come home. Stay. Stay, I would Hannah. love him to stay. Oh, we want, we stay. Want him to stay. I want him to stay. And I've said that all year, even as Mads sat where you sat right now, Debs, and binned him. Put him in the bin, but I I would love Hannabury to to remain a one club player Stay. for his entire career. Stay, Hannes. Mate, seriously, Hannes, if you're listening, the weather in Melbourne is fucking garbage. There's nothing it's, good for you. It's down rubbish, the mate. It's bloody rubbish. The Saints are rubbish. Stay away from that. Oh, you wouldn't want to go to the Saints, nah, would you? Nah, not right oh, now. They've got not right of, now. They've got a lot of work ahead of them. But um, I'd rather go to Carlton than uh, than the I, Saints at this rate. I think a couple of weeks ago, I'd sort of be oh, Hannibal's definitely on the way out. But now he showed us that glimpse again against Melbourne. You really want him to stay. It justifies. It, it, it justifies keeping him there because he showed us that it's that his body is capable of holding up. No doubt, Benny. And he's just the way he's going to be able to mentor our young midfielders coming through. He's done those hard yards and. He, he's known for that gut run, and he can just show and teach and just be such... Set a work rate. Absolutely. Just such an asset to the club, and it's just going to help our young players come through. So how do we win on the weekend, boys? We've got to be prepared to outlast the Hawks as we have outlasted the Giants and the Ds and the Pies in the last three weeks. Um, we'll have to give it a big effort to be able to We've do that. Got I mean, a, it's, we... it's a massive effort against the Hawks always. It's contested... It's going to be hard contested footy and we've got to come out ahead when it comes to the kind of pressure that we're applying. But once we've got possession, we also need to work at maintaining possession as well. I think that was a big thing from the weekend as well. Our um, pressure forward, we managed to lock the ball in on the weekend and we yeah. just yep. continuous yeah. pressure on that goal face. And if we converted our chances, arguably we could have won six, seven goals. I think if we can bring that type of thing this week, against the Hawks, that's going to go a long way to us winning. Also, the the dash and working through the middle. That looked really dangerous when we started linking up, started overlapping linking up for sure. against the Giants, that type of thing, against the Hawks and taking our opportunities. I think that's how we're going to get yeah, it done. Tommy, Dave's makes a really good point about converting our opportunities. And while we were pretty sharp going forward, I think we probably could have been a lot tidier at stages with the ball movement in that first half if we are similarly flat on the ball movement against the Hawks the likes of Stratton and Hardwick and co uh, they've got the tools to to cut us up at the Stratton, back unlike GWS I think I think when you talk about Dane Rampey uh, being one of the most underrated defenders in the comp I, I put Stratton right there next to him he has had a berserk year Ben Stratton, he's been amazing. Well, it's going to be interesting. All Australian out next week. I think the squad of 40, so yep. definitely a, a name that could be mentioned there, Benny. Yeah, for sure, for sure. 
So the old school grudge match. Uh, any Hawks fans listening, 2012 still the greatest thing ever. Cop that. Um, we definitely owe him one too, boys. I'm still hurting when Cyril kicked yeah. that goal. I'm still hurting on that. I was up there for that I'm hurting. On, I'm hurting on that. I, uh, I've already told this story, Dave, but uh, I was sitting in, um, in Tropical Bar in Santorini in Greece watching that. And that, uh, that hurt. That hurt. And then Bloody Ruffy did it to us yep. a year later. It was a stinger, stinger. And yep. we, we laboured that game too. We laboured all day and we held our lead right until that very last passage of play. And you just watched as we turned the ball over uh, in our forward half due to the Hawks' uh, defensive pressure. And they just they just literally picked their path out of defence. And they just Burgoyne went always kick, gets to kick, to kick, to kick, to kick. Oh, he tears he it always gets time. He's a gun. He's an absolute gun. He's playing at the moment. He's not injured. He's all yeah, he's playing at the moment. Yeah. He's I wouldn't I wouldn't say he's hundred percent fit yeah. based yeah. on what I'm seeing, but he is still you know, he's he still goes doing where they need him. It's exactly. Nearly, he can Tom, he can do a spell in the midfield, no worries. Tommy makes a good point. He tears us up every time. Every it's time. Definitely, yep. He ne- tears everyone up though. He does, yeah. But it's nearly at the stage where you've got to be very conscious of when he is where? going into that midfield and when he he's gonna impact the game That's directly. It. George can sit on uh, Isaac Smith or Yago Amir all yeah. he likes, but as soon as Sean Burgoyne goes into that centre bounce, he moves across. Yeah, he's got to go across. Yeah, totally absolutely. Agree. The man is a clearance machine, Sean Burgoyne. He just reads the pack so bloody well. And just the finishing ability of him too. Yep. It doesn't matter whether yep. it's yep. that quick snap out of the pack or the running goal from 50 metres, he's capable. But stuff him. He plays for the Hawks. Like, we'll it. shut him down. George will shut him down when he goes in the middle and he won't do anything as Swanies will win. Uh, how many do we think will win by? Well, I'm being pretty good on the predictions, Tommy. Um, well, Dave's predicted a 20-goal win by the Cats. I said 100 points, <laughs> 17 goals, and I was pretty, that's very, pretty close. Very good. I mean, of all the times I've picked a 15-goal drubbing, <laughs> I've, the one week I go, no, 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 I'll be conservative, I'll say 10 to 12. And I tipped the Swans by three goals last week. On the well. money, Deeps. So there's 20 points, I think, so pretty close there. First ball of the day, he's hit oh. it for four. Humble, humble brag. Don't, don't mind if I do. It's a bit of my cricket story, that one, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> hit, hit the first one for four and the edge one behind. <laughs> um, all right. I think we definitely have the ability to run over the top of the Hawks. I think we're a better outfit than, than them, to be honest. I think we're hopefully a comfortable one. Six goals. Six goals. Oof. Love that. Would oh, love that. I would absolutely kill for that. If you, if you offer me that right now, take it every day of the week. <sighs> Who wouldn't? Every day of the week. And then we have our free shot at Richmond. How good is that going to be if that happens? Free us? swing. We're pretty pumped about it. It's still, we are. It's still, it's still, it's <laughs> hidden. It's hidden behind our result this week. But uh, if it comes to fruition, geez, we'll oh. be, uh, we'll be excited. Oh. Uh, Tommy, I see no reason to believe why we can't win um, comfortably, given our current form. I'm not going to say six goals because I have a lot of respect uh, for the ability of the Hawthorne Football Club, but I don't have as any do for them they as, were average as a last club. Week, boys. They were average. They were they, playing they St were. Kilda. That's why I'm going with the six. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say three goals. We'll take the four points. Yeah, yeah we will. Tommy. Yeah, ten points. Ten points will be close again. Yeah, it it'll always be is. very. It'll, it's all. This is the thing. Even if. I reckon even if the two of us would have dropped down to the bottom of the eight, uh, sorry, the bottom of the ladder every time we play each other, it'd just be tight because everyone knows what you're getting with a Sydney Hawthorne clash. They're, they're clash it's great footy. It's great footy. One of my best mates is a Hawthorne supporter and we, we talk about how it's the greatest rivalry in footy at the moment. Over the oh, last, at the moment, absolutely. Over the last, over the last 10 years, been the best rivalry in footy. And well, you, Cats and you, fans hate that too yeah. when Hawks fans admit that the Sydney rivalry is the strong. Of course it one. is. Of course it is. Because <laughs> think about how many grand finals we played against each other. Exactly right. And at the end of the day, who got the one that counts when it comes to the Cats? Hawks. <laughs> I'd, if you told me that we were going to lose our next 10 games in a row to Richmond, but we were going to beat them in the grand final, take it every day of the week. I think every day of the week. Absolutely. Forget Richmond. Any club. Any club. You always take the ones that count. Should we have a, have a yeah. look at what happened in the Neaffle, boys? The oh, I would have thought so, Tommy. I would have thought so. Well, we had another win. How good is that? Swanies 15-18-108 defeated the Giants 7-10-52 in the Neaffle. 
Uh, and there was a big spread of goal kickers, 13 goal kickers for the reserve side. Um, and we stay in second place. The top of the table, Southport Sharks, they won again. So they stay above us. We've got uh, 4.8% to catch up on them this week. They've got the bottom of the table, NT Thunder, uh, and we have the Gold Coast. So we've got to win by a bit. Got to win by a bit more than they beat um, not NT Thunder by. But uh, it was Bell with two, Kilpatrick with two, Rowan one, Towers one, Stoddart one, Cameron one, O'Reardon one, Reinhardt one, Stern one, Rogers one, Thorne one, Wicks one, Stewart one. Plenty of uh, goal kickers there. Big, big spread there. A bit off topic, boys, but I don't know if you guys saw during the week there was that team won by 330 points or something. I did hear yeah, about that, actually, and yeah. Everyone on the team kicked a goal, all 21 players. That's incredible. Amazing stuff. Never, never heard of that happening ever before in any Nuts. game at any level. That's pretty wicked. Oh, that is awesome. So cool. That is so cool. Everyone got a goal. The back Mate, I used to I used to pride myself on being like, you know, I was obviously pretty tall fellow. I was usually either at centre half back or uh, or full back in the uh in the third. Back in the day. I used to pride myself on on just you know, when when we got when we got comfortable, just sneaking up to a, a uh, forward, forward forward stoppage and just get using using some of my uh, my prowess around the stoppage deeps just to uh, to swing either onto onto either boot was always comfortable either side around the corner and I always used to love getting myself a sausage roll but for every player on the on the on the ground to kick a goal that is huge outrageous outrageous I don't know if that'll ever happen again it might but Ugh. don't know if it will nah you wouldn't yeah. yeah I wouldn't have thought so wouldn't have thought, thought so I wouldn't have thought, thought, thought so statistical anomaly That's it. Um, yeah and we're behind. The Neaffle side was behind at quarter time. Back to the reserves game we were speaking of. Well, um, that's going to be something that comes up when we discuss uh, Freo later. Is, uh, is the form of uh, Gary Rowan concerning, boys? It is I a think, bit. I think he only had eight touches in that Neaffle this week. So yeah, he, he's someone that we would like to gain some form. He's that real X factor that we would like come September time. Yeah. Eight touches, one goal. Don't know if he's going to get back in. Not in the NEFL. No, there's no, there's no way he comes back into the side on those numbers. And every, the True Buds faithful know that I love him. He's my he's one of my boys. He's one of my men. One of your men, Benny. Absolutely. And I've got a lot of time for Gaz, and I would hate to see him go to another club. I uh, I would not enjoy that at all. But uh, there's no way he's coming back in on, on those kinds of numbers, Debs. You're exactly right. His, his run and his dash and his carry uh, is... Can be so damaging. It, it, it is extremely damaging, and the issue is that he's you know because he can be such an exciting player, but the unfortunate thing is that he is a confidence player as well. So on and, and off. Yeah. he's just in and out of games too much. That's yeah. sort of why he's in and out of the team. Oh. He he doesn't hit the game for the consistency that's required at the top level. And I'll go into bat for him against Geelong last year in the uh, in the semi final. Everyone knocked him again. I actually reckon he was one one of the few blokes when I was actually there. He was one of the few blokes willing to tuck the ball under his arm and have a crack when Geelong started belting us. Took the game. Um, but everyone once again said, "Oh, go Rowan." Oh, he's done it again. He's gone to water in the final. No, I think it was about ten players that night, but yeah, a hundred percent. And to be fair, fair to him, it would have been a hectic season for him this year. Yeah, and, uh, yeah absolutely. Exactly. He's, oh, yeah, he's ridden the highs and the lows. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I would. I don't think that we'll that we're seeing the end of Gary Rowan, but um, I uh, there's certainly no way that he that he comes back. Comes back side on based form. on based on that form. Yep. Yep. Well, uh, let's go to our tips. I reckon. What do we reckon, boys? Round 23. Last round of the home and away season. A couple of huge games that are going to decide the positions in the eight. Port Adelaide versus the Dons on Friday night. Before we get to that, who would you rather in the finals? Dons or Port? Oh, neither. Uh, they both who suck. would I rather? Yeah. I think Port are definitely more beatable. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. They're, pretty, they're, they're, a bit, they're a bit weak uh, in between the years, I reckon. No, they've, got, they've got a bit of the Melbourne about them. Even yeah. though they, got, they get of, the yips, don't they? They do. They do. They so they've got a few concerns down there at Port Adelaide, I think. They've done the recruits. Uh, yeah, t- I was yeah. just about to say, tick or cross on Rockliffe, Motlop and Watts? I think Motlop's a tick. Rockliffe, no pre-season. He's been serviceable. Watts, questionable. Well, I think we've gotten exactly what everyone should have expected from Watts and Motlop, and that's the fact that, I mean, you look at Motlop, you probably give him a tick because he won that game. But yeah. what else has he done? And I'm not saying he hasn't had a good game, but realistically, that's just the player that he he's is. He's done nice. He shows up, shows up for 15 minutes a game. 
That's and it. he does something. And whether or not it's impactful, who knows? And when you talk about Watts, it's the same thing. Rockliffe, like you said, no preseason, but I've got a lot of faith in that guy. I reckon he's a gun. Good player. Oh, he's he, an extremely he played, good player. He played some great footy for Brisbane up there. Seriously, sure. seriously good. He put that club on his shoulders and, and dragged them through. Was there was realistically their only highlight for, for a pretty long time. To be fair to Port Adelaide, um, even though we're knocking him for how they've gone this year and how they've slipped up right at the last leg and they should probably have made finals considering where they were earlier in the year. As soon as Ryder went down with that Achilles issue, that that pretty much cooked them. Yeah, like one, one play doesn't make a team, but in Port Adelaide's case, it just about does. Naismith. And look who stepped up. Look who look who leapt into the limelight. Yeah, but the, we've, the we, had Cal, we did have Cal in reserve when Naismith went down. Yeah, great. Port Adel- what's Port yeah. Adelaide got? They just got rid of Matthew Loby to Carlton. Charlie Dixon can't be their full-time ruck. He's meant to be their full-time forward. They don't have anyone else. Some big questions down there at Port Adelaide. Anyway, yeah, tips, boys. Tips, yeah. Uh, pff, uh, port. Doesn't matter. Doesn't yeah, matter. it'll it'll be Port. I'll go the Dons. Why not? Uh, Cats and the Suns on the Saturday, one forty-five. Cats easy. Yep. Cats in a cakewalk. Cats in a cakewalk. You're going to give it. Uh, you going to give it another hundred points, Debs? Not quite. I think. Uh, yeah. I don't think Stewie Dew would let that happen. To be nah, honest, big big Stewie. Um, yeah, no, nah, Cats by 10 goals. It's This game actually really important in terms of where a couple of the other sides finish. Melbourne's uh, relying on percentage to finish above Geelong um, in the yeah. race for the final, so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But I think Geelong, with needing to win by a lot, they probably won't get exactly what they want, which is probably a 100-point win. They'll probably get close, though, 75. I'll say 10 goals, yep. 60, 60 points. Tigs versus the dogs. Tigs. Tigs. Tiggers. That being said, dogs have had a good uh, good run of footy these last two or three weeks yep. and have shown that there is actually still some promise left in them. Um, but you, you talk to you talk about Gary Rowan and being a confidence player, they're almost a team full of Gary Rowans. Yeah. Like their their entire list is based on is almost is almost confidence based. I was so flat for the first half of the year. I mean you lose a bit of grunt when your picking gets ruled out and yeah. then is forced to retire. Liber gets ruled out as well. Yeah. Um so that's a shock to the depth of the midfield. But they should have been able to perform better in the first yeah. fifteen weeks of the year than they that did. That being said, you look at you know, a guy like Bond stood up the last couple of weeks. Yep. Lockie you know, Hunter. Yeah, Carl even, Daniel. even even Joe Jojo JJ. JJ, yep. JJ's going pretty well. There's a lot of potential down there for them to come good. Um, but it's yeah. hard to say. It's hard to imagine that. I can't believe they won that flag. They won, no. No, but, oh. so let's but not even, talk about that. We're not going to talk about that, but <laughs> look at where they are now. Like they're, they're really out of sorts. They are. They're really out they of have sorts. Been. As you it's, said, it's interesting. Com- coming good at, at this time yeah. of year. When it's junk time, there's nothing to play for except yeah. the pride. But It wouldn't surprise me if the dogs knock them off based on the fact that the Tigs have got, they've already got, Minor premiership wrapped up. There'll be a bunch of players rested, and we'll just wait and see where it gets to. Frio versus the Pies. They were just dribble. They were pass. Disgusting performance. That's as bad as we've seen. 23 consecutive goals, boys. Did you see the conditions down in down at Cadinia Park? Yeah, my, my mum's not, a not, avid uh, Geelong supporter. Not as is mine. Cassie, if you're listening, shout out. Shout you did out. tell me you did tell me you're not going to listen anymore because I keep calling you side garbage. But, <laughs> but carrying on from that, they were not goal kicking conducive conditions, and the catchers came out and piled them on, piled them on. Doggers were up at quarter time. That's nuts, isn't it? Absolute battering. Tell you what, and you know what? There's been a few thrashings down at that ground. Remember yeah. Melbourne, Melbourne a few years? Yeah, same got, type of thing. Yeah. They, you sort of catch them down there at the end. I think it's hard for the young players to go down there. Just sort of gets a bit much, and they uh, throw the tail in. Yeah, um, yeah. No, look, it'll uh, it'll be the pies because the pies. Brody Grundy, forget everything they're saying about Max Gorn. Brody Brody Grundy is the form ruckman of the competition. He's as good as it gets. The pies are definitely sort of up there as a contender for sure. Oh, hundred percent. Absolutely. They, they turned it on against the, in that last quarter. They just Port. dumped Port Adelaide's they, season in one 30-minute burst. Yeah. 100%. And yeah. definitely got to be wary. We caught them a couple of weeks ago, so definitely beatable. That's no doubt. But um, And with what they've got to come back in, 
to their list. I mean, they're they're a pretty scary proposition for September. It's it's amazing how when the, even when they're challenged with their list and there's there's injuries, guys like Sidebottom and Pendlebury get, get even better. I put a while lot. Those other guys are away. I put a lot of their improvement this season on Jordan Degoe and still Sidebottom. Sidebottom yeah. has gone to another level. He is an elite I, midfielder. I mentioned it last week, Benny. He's one of the most underrated players in the comp. No well, doubt. I don't think he should be anymore. I no. think I think he is a genuine A grade midfielder. Because he's he's doing the lot. He's he his two way running is spectacular to watch. He's fantastic. He, and he's just skillful. Yeah, very skillful. Doesn't he's got matter. a nouse. He's got a there, there was great nouse. There was a goal he kicked this year where he sort of faked onto the right, went onto the non preferred, kicked the goal from outside fifty on his left. He's unbelievable. I tell you, he was a bloke who probably needs a shout out because he's been whacked constantly for a very, very long time since he's come over from the Fremantle Dockers. But how about these for numbers? 27 disposals, 7 marks, 5 tackles and a goal for Chris Main. Bloke who's just copped how it many games? relentlessly. He, copped it. He was written off in the year. Sort of Buckley was talking about his future. His old man had to st- stand up for him last year type of thing while he's... They're questioning why is he still on the list type thing. That's and, why. And he has come good. At the at the right time, and he's ha- in good shape. He's in good shape, and I've I've clipped him so many times. I think everyone has. Man, three three years, five hundred grand. Three years, five hundred. Yeah, that's big, big money. dollars. And and he couldn't even break into the side last year. That's it, mate. Boys, I don't take my hat off to many teams, but I think the Pies have been pretty impressive with yep. the yep. with the injuries they've had. They're going to finish third, maybe second on the ladder this year. Great effort from them. Well, yep. I've I've been eating a lot of humble pie lately. But uh, I think I probably owe uh, Nathan Buckley an apology as well because I clipped him all the way through last year and did again at the start of this year. And you give him a real like, chance going over like Perth. Yeah, first you, final. you absolutely do. You absolutely do. They're in really good nick. And for some, for, I don't know how, but I've managed to avoid a lot of Collingwood supporters this year. And uh, I'm actually for some. Godforsaken reason, quite enjoying watching the Pies play football. Here's an interesting one for the Collingwood uh, team management and logistics team. They've got Freo in Perth this week. They'll probably have West Coast in Perth in a fortnight's time. Do they stay over there? Will they come back and then go back to Perth again? I think they'll probably come back. I think think you have to come back. But it's definitely going to take a toll on them. Back-to-back trips to Perth. That's not what I'd want to be doing in September. Yep. Yeah, it's a bit average. Bit average, but pies to win this one against Freo. Easy. Yes, yep. easily. Uh, yep. Blues and the Crows. Um, you probably have to tip the Crows, but I don't oh, like you have to. Tip, I don't like tipping the Crows. Neither do I. I don't. I never feel safe. They nearly the North garbage basket case side. They nearly, are. nearly ran, ran over, over them. the top. Yeah. Nearly ran over the top of them. They were like forty points down, and they nearly got it done. Um, and if they had gotten it done, I would have been back in the footy tipping, but never mind that. That's a story for another time. Uh, it will be the Crows because the Blues just simply, they just cannot do it. Yeah. Crows for me, boys. Yep. Uh, Lions and the Eagles. So Eagles with a last chance to uh, get a win for the home and away season before they head into finals. Lions with a chance for a bit of pride. You know what? I'm going the Lions. At the Gabba, I reckon... Last round, leave it all out on the field after what has been a good season for the Lions, uh, filled with, uh, you know, pardon the pun, pride. But they, I reckon they go out and absolutely just give it their all. It'll be a tight one, probably only one or two kicks, probably come down to the, uh, come down to the wire. But uh, I'll be, I'll be back in the Lions this week. I don't think you'll be the only one tipping them, Benny. Um, this is definitely one for the tippers out there where the upset could. Uh prove very important for the uh, tipping competitions around Australia. Could be a bit of value in the markets, you reckon, Dave? Absolutely. It'd be interesting to see the odds on that one. But um, I th- it's it's real 50-50 for me, but I'll, I'm going to go with the coast. Yeah. West Coast have scored very heavily against Brisbane uh, in their last five games, but I agree. I, th- I think Brisbane are putting enough pressure on good sides at the moment to give themselves a real chance in this last round game at home. Uh, West Coast, as you boys just touched on, they've got a lot to play for in the coming weeks. Don't really need to win this one. Um, I reckon Brisbane might sneak it. Mm. Uh, D's versus Giants. Uh, D's. I think, yeah. a D, I think a D's will roll on. Uh, Giants are undermanned, and I'd like to see the D's roll them as well because the quicker the Giants get knocked out, the better. The longer that they hang around, the more players that they're going to get back and more yeah, of a threat they're going to be. So I do agree. knock them out, D's. That's what I reckon they'll do this week. I think they'll put a few players on ice and just try and get them right for, that, um, for, the, for their first final. You know, you, you rest them now. They get the best part of three weeks rest. 
and then they can uh, hit the finals with a buzz. So I'll be tipping when, the when, you, when you think about the Ds, you don't necessarily think about a super tough contested side, but they actually win a lot of contested ball. Well, they actually are. Gonna, they are. Gonna, they are now. Yeah, you they know. are. Yeah, in yeah. the mid, right in the middle. Yeah, especially on a small ground. I was speaking to Aidy Horton, who uh, runs the debrief. The, Melbourne podcast here at Podular, who we've had on the show before, um, just earlier tonight. And he was saying that on the SCG, if we do run into them in a final, that suits them quite well. The smaller ground, it's just more, more congestion. The likes of Oliver, um, Brayshaw, Gorn uh, are going to be more, as well. probably more of a handful mm. on a ground like the mm. SCG than they would be at the G. It's yeah, interesting to for, hear that from a Melbourne supporter. For that reason, I'm backing, I'm going to back the Ds. I think that um, they'll be they'll be tougher. They'll be harder at it than the Giants. Uh, Saints versus North. Oh, dearie me. Oh, jeez. A couple of disappointments. Is that really the last game on a Sunday? So that's the last a, That's the last game to finish off an AFL season. It's a shocking way to, isn't it, I, I tell you, you could have looked at, at that at round one and said, no, nah, no way. Give it to the Ds and the Giants. At the MCG, Twilight and on a gonna, Sunday. And it's going to have that sort of... Um, the outcome of the ladder. Everyone's going to be looking at that exactly. Mel- Melbourne and Giants Saints game. Saints North, so. Gillen, what were, the, what were you thinking? thinking. <laughs> so we'll know what's going on by that oh, time. Oh, God. Uh, it's, a, it's a real nothing game. It'll be, the, it'll be North. Yeah, yeah North. Be North. Showed a bit last week. But. Well, you know what? Showed, it, showed a bit too little too late. Showed a bit at the start of the season, but also showed their true colours. And as far as I'm concerned, demonstrated exactly why, no matter how much money anyone they offer anyone, there is zero incentive to go to that club. Zero. It's, fa- it's funny how they're talking about players that could go to North and they're, Mate, they're talking about offering Jared yeah, Pollock, Pollock like seven hundred bucks, seven hundred grand. <laughs> yeah, North can land Jared Pollock. Whoop de do. Like, <laughs> like who cares? Pollock hasn't done heaps over at Port Adelaide. Yeah, he's got a good left foot, but that's about it. If if Sydney was to put forward an offer of seven hundred thousand dollars to a guy like Jared Polak. You would be filthy. I reckon I would be filthy, but I reckon Tom Harley'd be marched out the door. <laughs> <laughs> the, there is no possible way that you can mate, you can roll a turd in glitter. Still a turd. And that is a shocking deal if they if they offer that. Totally. That's a shocking deal. A guy like Jared Pollock is not a marquee player. That's it. Tommy yeah, North by well, seven goals. Ben Brown to get away and kick a few. You can boys, absolutely see that happening. Boys agree? Yep, yep. I absolutely will. Hope, hope not. Hope Buddy plays this week, kicks 10, sews up the Coleman. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. That's what we want. Again, another a back-to-back come from behind Coleman medal wins. Unbelievable. That would be huge. That would be massive. That would be the cherry on top for a big win on Saturday night. Well, that'll probably just about do us for the show as well. This has been True Bloods, the number one Sydney Swans fan podcast, and that's it for another week. Can the Mighty Bloods for this massive game coming up on Saturday night, 7.25pm at the SCG against the old rivals, the Hawks. And make sure you check us out on all the social channels, iTunes, Wooshka, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks to Ben Andrew as always. Absolute pleasure to be here, Tommy. And Dave Baxter, once again, Once again, thanks, Dave. Absolute legend for coming in again. Thanks, Tommy. Love to be back. Uh... We're going to see you again oh, we'll next see week. Again. Right? We're going to see you again next week. No worries week. about that, oh, mate. I think we'll be back next week, boys. How good. Love How it. good. My name's Tommy Flanagan. It's been a pleasure. We'll see you next week on True Bloods. Up the Swannies. This has been a Podular Media Production.